this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. up to her old shit again but we are just getting started here on post show recaps covering season one episode seven carnival of souls of pretty little liars here uh i am jess sterling of course one of your co-hosts along this uh trying uh, co-detectives i think is what we should be saying trying to figure out what the heck is going on in this show of course, I can't do it alone. Here with me, as always, is the one, the only co-detective, Sarah Ferguson. Sarah, how are you? Jess, I'm doing really good. I just got out of the Hall of Mirrors. I've been stuck in there for actually a week, but I finally found my way out. <laughs> it seems dangerous um, to have just like an entire... Okay, let me just say, yeah, to have an emergency exit in a Hall of Mirrors... What were you thinking? Like, you need you to have, thinking? like... That's a good thing. Yes, but they need to have, like, arrows or, like, X's on the mirrors to say, like, mm. no, this isn't actually the exit. Like, it's over there. I You can't pay me money to get into a hall of mirrors at a creepy carnival. I, what if someone got trapped in there and they were like caught on fire and they couldn't get out? Like no, that's I, your fault I, for not having I, the properly labeled emergency exit. I'm pretty sure I've seen that in a scary movie before. What was it? Could have been. Is it one of the final destinations? Cause that's always what rings a bell in my head. Yeah, it could be, it could be, but I, you, like I said, you can't get me into a hall of mirrors. Mm-hmm. I would never go in there. And for someone as skittish as mouse, 
to go in there fully, fully like on board. I was like, mouse, excuse me. Yeah. No. What is your carnival ride of choice? If you have to go like on something or in something in a carnival. Yeah. So back in the day, I would say the Gravitron that really as a young millennial, that ride in in particular really had uh, a chokehold on me and my friends. We would is that always the go one, on the Gravitron. Is that the one that like you're up against a wall and it spins yeah. you? That sounds yeah, horrifying. You, it is. And the thing is, is that the lighter you are, the sooner you get flown back. So right, okay, which makes sense because it's gravity, right? But then, like as a chubby little kid. I was always like so aware how soon. Oh, my... you're like my friends just got thrown back way quicker than I did. Exactly. Yeah. So I, you know, I, the best of times and the worst of times. So it, it's not only going to make you throw up, but it's going to make you feel shame as well. What a great ride. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> so these days, I just stick to the uh, the games in particular. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't love the water skirt uh, squirt gun game that mm-hmm. blows up the balloon? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I like uh, I like some. Uh, what's the one where you take the mallet and you whack whack a mole? That's the one. Those <laughs> ones. Good old whack a mole. Yeah. Um, I like the ones where you can win a goldfish, where you have to get like a ping pong ball on a thing, and then you get a goldfish. Yeah, I just don't think that you should be giving out goldfish at carnivals. No, but... I'm definitely against that now. I feel like because the kids like I want to play, mommy. And then they yeah. play and then they get a goldfish and the parents are like, we didn't want this. No one wanted this. And the kid loses interest immediately. And then guess what? You have a sad goldfish in a bowl that's too tiny for it. And it has a terrible life. Exactly. So. I am pro stuff. Well, actually, I kind of hate stuffed animals, too. But nothing. I, I'm going to break it to everyone here. Nothing you win in a carnival is going to be worth your while. Like literally no, but, nothing. Know, what could you win remember, that's good? Once again, grew up in I was a teenager in the uh, early 2000s, in the aughts or whatever. Remember the blow-up aliens? Yes. Those were so popular when yeah, I was I don't in know why school. they were. Aliens in general were like... So, yeah, because yeah. of the alien, the green alien face. Yeah. We loved those back in the day. So I, 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 I just don't know. I don't think that... I don't... If you were asking me sarah will you go to the creepy carnival with me i'd be like no this did look like a good town carnival though well except that it's always dark like i even the carnival needed more lights but yeah this carnival it didn't really have clowns which is great we don't need that it had i do love a ferris wheel it had a it had a ferrin's wheel Mm -hmm. um it had like a lot of cutesy things that you wanted at carnival. I'm mostly there for the games. I'm a big like arcade game kind of gal, right? Like I'm going to do yeah. some skee ball if they have it, sure. that type of thing. Um, it did, it did look pretty dark though. It's always, we always need to amp up the lighting a little bit. They literally need more amperage in the show. That's um, correct. Yeah. But huge reveals on this episode. This was like the mouse episode. If we're like, you know, giving episodes the mouse to characters. Elodie. Yes. Episode. And I thought her name was like Elodie, which I, I think it's Elodie. It is Elodie. <laughs> I don't know. Isn't Elodie Elote? Elote. The, the <laughs> spice on the on the Mexican corn. 
That's what? why I kept calling her. Based on Mexican corn? Yeah, E-L-O-T-E-L-O-T. But no, her name is Elodie. Like Melody. It's like Melody. Yeah. Melody, that's why that's Elodie. why the her wife calls her D. D. Like yeah. Elodie. Yeah. The more you um, know. The more but you a really know. exciting episode. We get some reveals here as to Mouse's backstory a little bit more. Um, a lot of I do think they're kind of building up like I think we're gonna it's all gonna come to a head in like probably episodes nine and ten like the penultimate and the finale but I'm really liking where we're going with the show of course if you haven't subscribed already please do push recaps.com slash pretty little liars or we're also in the HBO feed where you can get all your HBO content needs met you know we have Westworld soon we have House of the Dragon a big one coming up um but I'm really excited to yeah I'm gonna watch it of course you can, so that you can listen to the content on post-show recaps. <laughs> I am going to watch it. I, I Listen, Game of Thrones ended horribly. We all know that. However, this new show looks really good, and I just, I just like to be a part of the conversation, you know? Sure, sure. But this is also, like, the same reasoning as you how you got here talking about Pretty Little Liars. You know, that so I, I just want to be you part to, of the conversation. Then, like, it ended badly, but you want to watch it still. So I just yeah, want well, you to plus, be careful. I also like am very here. We talked about this before. This is very much our brand of like trash mixed with teen drama. Not so much the horror stuff for us personally, but I am really liking that aspect like of the art. show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this is a pretty good episode. But of course, I do want to put another warning at the top here. There is a bit of discussion on sexual assault and um, sexual violence. So if that's not something you want to hear us talk about, because we are going to have to talk about it a little bit, um, take care of yourselves. You know, bow out if you need to. We appreciate you for for hanging in there if you can. Um, but totally just respect your own, you know, self and do what you need to do. Uh, but let's let's dive into the Carnival of Souls. Um, and I do like the way they're starting these episodes where we start off in present day with one of the moms getting something. So in this case, we have Elodie getting a letter from A and it is a flyer from the carnival saying uh, meet her, meets her in the Hall of Mirrors. So we immediately flash back to 1999 at the same carnival, which I'm just like, I wish my hometown had these cutesy little things that went on for like 20 something years. Wait, so your town didn't have doesn't have a town wide carnival once a year? No, I went. I have a. I'm from a tiny town. We didn't have a carnival. I'm from a tiny town, but we have a we have a yearly carnival. Wow, fancy! Yeah. But it's really crappy in comparison to this yeah. carnival, and it's as sketchy. That's <laughs> so, so bad, <laughs> and it's really expensive. But so all you, of the bad things. Yeah, but you can get Zeppelins. Because it's New Jersey, and you can get oh, Zeppelins are like little donuts with powdered sugar. Oh, that sounds so good. Yeah, yeah, they're they're huge, huge in my town. We're full of Italians. I am not one of them, Um, but it it, lemonade and Zeppelins. That's what you can get at our Mm. townwide carnival. Love fried dough, so that sounds delicious. Yeah, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. Um, but we're back in 1999 at the carnival and we have Elodie and Angela in the hall of mirrors and they're like, oh, we're, oh, I think it's Elodie who says we're alone. And so they kiss and that is when, and it does seem very consensual on both sides. And then Davey walks in and Elodie pushes, um, Angela away and makes it off. Like Angela was the one who attacked, attacked her quote unquote. And so Davey is like, ugh, gross. 
Uh, and Davy's like, come on, Elodie, let's go do bumper cars. And they leave poor Angela in the mirror room, in the Hall of Mirrors, yeah, all by herself. Yeah, this is not very surprising. When I saw the beginning of this scene, I figured that this is what, what was going to happen. They, These girls, these five girls, the liar's mothers, terrorized this poor Angela girl. And I, it's disgusting how much they're targeting her. It's not like it's one occasion. It is over and over and over again. And there is continuous injustice to this Angela girl. And I, I wish that she got out of there. Like, I wish she would stop hanging yeah. out with these girls. Well, I find it super intriguing that this is the first instance of, I, I don't know how we're supposed to take this is, I guess is what I should say is that every other instance we've seen with Angela and any of the other girls, it has been very negative and it like, uh, there's been a lot of animosity towards Angela or them manipulating her in this situation. I was, I was left wondering, did Elodie have feelings for Angela or was this like a way of her to test out her feelings of, um, you know, maybe not being straight, right? Like uh, her attraction to women is just her, a way for her to kiss somebody to get her to convince someone to kiss her. You know, it yeah. did seem like it was very consensual. And so to me, that speaks to a very different relationship between Elodie and Angela than anybody else. And Angela, that's an excellent point. I didn't really think of that. Of course, when I first saw the scene, my automatic thought was this is another bait and switch. You know, yeah. she's going to, you know, um, try to attract Angela and then right but the other girls you're right Davy didn't seem like she was in it wasn't on a this setup. prank exactly it wasn't like a oh Angela let's go kiss over here and then they kiss and then the girls show up and they're like ha ha Angela's not straight or whatever it feel it felt very real it felt like this was something they had planned not I don't know planned together makes sense but that they had said oh we'll we'll go off on our own um, so it, to me, it felt very different than a lot of the other instances where we've seen Angela with, you know, uh, you know, when we saw Angela with, um, Farron's mom, Corey, she was convincing her to get a tattoo, you know, very, very different from this situation. So I just thought that was interesting. Um, it's interesting, but at the end of the day, the sentiment for how, Angela felt betrayed and tricked by these girls is just the same. Even if yeah. there's some sort of attraction or feelings involved at the end of the day, it's a, it's another injustice to Angela. So is it yeah. really that much of a difference if Elodie had feelings or not? In my opinion, not really. No, she's still being awful to Angela yeah. pretty much. Right. Like, and we don't know, we don't know much more about that. That's, that's as much as we know of the relationship between Elodie and Angela. Um, so we're back to present day. And again, these moms are awful. Instead of communicating with one another, because remember when they all said none of them had heard from A? Well, she burns any evidence there is. And I'm just like... Elodie, girl, like, what if you need this for the cops? Like, you're so stupid. What are you doing? Uh, I know. And this doesn't seem like it's incriminating evidence like some of the other things that that we've seen. Um, but wh whatever. I mean. Yeah, it's not going to point to, to really, Elodie for anything. No, we really learn a lot about <sighs> Elodie this episode and the secrets that she keeps and her decision making practices. So yeah, none I of it's good. Get into that later. None of it's yeah. good. 
Um, so meanwhile, we have Imogen going into Tabby's room and they're saying, you know, tomorrow we have to tell all the girls about Rosewood and how about Angela and how she was sexually assaulted. And they're trying to, and I loved this conversation. I, the more I see Imogen and Tabby together, the more I love them as friends, because I felt like they were so emotionally mature in this discussion where they said, we have to tell them about Angela. Do we tell them about what happened to us? You know, like we, I like that they, that Imogen had the front of mind to bring this up to Tabby before they were in this situation yeah. of like, what do we say? And they talk about kind of the pros and cons and Imogen says, imagine the stigma, not only on us, but on my baby. Um, and I, we get the answer to the question I had last episode of why didn't Tabby go to the police? And I, I'm not, again, I'm not saying it in a way of like, I just wanted to know, I'm curious why she didn't want to go to the police. And she says, I thought about it, but I didn't go. And now I really don't want to go because I would have to talk to Sheriff Beasley, which a solid point, Sarah, the person who has a vendetta against you most of all is Sheriff Beasley. Uh, yeah, Sheriff Beasley has a vendetta against all these girls. It's not very safe. I think that it's a, um, it's definitely a, a, you know, a point of interest that they can't go there. And I like that Imogen mentioned a female officer, Deputy Beauty, M no, Deputy <laughs> Maroon, um, mm -hmm. that they, they should maybe consider speaking to her. So, that also answers our question. Is there any other police officers? Could they turn to somebody else? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we know there's, that. he's not the only cop in Millwood now. Um, And I, yeah. I, I also really love that from Imogen as saying like, you know what? You could, here's someone you could maybe talk to. She seemed really nice. Um, So on Monday, Farron comes downstairs and we get answers to what happened to her mom. So her mom has a leg cast and she says that her husband is at the garage getting her brakes checked, but the brakes aren't the reason she crashed, crashed. So I guess it wasn't, it was all just a little bit of a, you know, red herring as to what happened to Corey. It had nothing to do with a, at least to our knowledge, she was distracted. She couldn't think straight after reading what Farron had wrote about her and her surgeries. And after seeing the photo, um, and so she crashed and she totally blames Farron for this. And Sarah, I was astonished that Corey did not back down even an inch in this whole no. conversation with Farron. No, um, uh, in fact, Corey fully doubles down in this, in this conversation and basically blames Farron on what she wrote was, um, inappropriate and mm -hmm. i went against her as like a, a as a daughter and that she she doubled down on the decision of the surgery and i was really astounded i i i, I mean it's really tough you know i've talked about this before a lot of mother-daughter relationships are really difficult especially when there's such like a unique power dynamic that Farron and Corey seem to have that yeah. there's no winners here. You know, Farron is trying to be herself. Like she's trying to be stand up for herself and be strong. Corey is putting her down and putting her in her place. I was, I was shocked at this, especially because like, I don't know. And it's like, you would think like Corey is such like an educated woman and she's a strong woman. You would hope that she would want to have a strong daughter, but she fully wants the control and she fully wants the yeah. perfection. 
And I think that it totally does speak on certain mother-daughter dynamics. And yeah. it's like, it's pretty sad. It's pretty sad, but it's pretty real as well. Yeah. And I was, I could not be more proud of Farron in this scene because to be underneath your mom's control, basically your entire life and to be one-on-one with her and not just that, but have to recently, she went through this accident, broke her leg and to still have the, the, the strength to say what she said. She literally says, you scarred me literally and figuratively. I've been in pain for years. And when her mom tries to downplay it and say like, oh, you should have told me. She was like, I told you, I've been telling you, yeah. like, you need to hear this. And I was so proud of Farron for standing up to her mom because it certainly is not easy to stand up to anybody, let alone a family member, let alone a parent right. who is as strong-willed as Corey. I was really, really happy to see that Farron did it. Me too, but I hate that Corey said, um, "Oh, it was just growing pains. Like oh, it was you awful. weren't really, you weren't really in that much pain." And it, it and oh, it was, it was just, yeah, it was really aggravating because she diminishes how Farron feels. Yeah. And she's constantly downplaying the pain. It's just, it's unfair that I'm like, you're not in Farron's body. You have no clue the kind of pain that she is in. Unnecessary pain. Right. And of course, we don't even know if Corey herself is a dancer. So does she even know or an athlete? So does she even know like what your body physically goes through as somebody that like commits to this type of physical lifestyle? I don't know. But um, Farron knows her body and she knows that she's in pain. And I do agree. I love that she stands up for herself and she has the power to like walk out of the situation. Mm hmm. Um, So now we're in the cafeteria and I don't know why I noticed this, but this freaking principal, he was at this like table for some kind of signups for something or other. And he put something in his pocket and then walked away. And I don't know why he's suspicious. All all the men are on my suspicion meter. And for some reason, the little whistles in my head were going off of like, keep an eye on this principal. So I want to put him on our radar as someone who like, I never really thought about before because he could have been he's kind of in the right age group he may be a little bit on the older side but he seems to be in somewhat of the right age group to have gone to school with the rest of them yes very true that's very possible he's up there uh and this is when imogen tells the other girls um that all their moms visited mrs waters and they're trying to kind of speculate on what is going on here because they say maybe a is avenging angela because she was raped but that doesn't explain why karen was killed and i love that the show is where we are on this because noah says what about sheriff beasley and Imogen says, well, he probably wouldn't kill his own daughter, but he's on our he's on our list, though. He's on our suspect list. He's definitely on our suspects list. I was like, us too. But then did it make you less suspicious of Sheriff Beasley that they're yes, bringing because it they up? said him, of course. Yeah. But but is like the show doing like a triple reverse backflip and it's secretly anything's because, possible. Anything's you know? possible. You, you know what the second biggest mystery of the show is? What? Why Imogen is dressed like a pilgrim in this scene? <laughs> she's Did you see the little, the weird she, little like um embroidery thing. She has strawberries on her collar. Yes, yes I okay. I'm so sorry if we're offending anybody with this, but it is so distracting 
how differently Imogen is dressed than every other girl at that table. Because they all have their individual personalities and styles, of course. Like, Mouse is very, like, eclectic and mismatching patterns and all of that. But, like, literally Imogen is wearing these, like, bulky, like, huge puffy sleeved, like, high collared, like, yes, like, girl, what is happening? Yeah, I I really want to know. I mean, they dress her like a baby doll. That's what it is. Are we supposed to think of her as like a child? Like, are we just supposed to be like, hey, in case you forgot, she's a teen? Yeah, like maybe we're supposed to remember that she's like supposedly supposed to be super innocent. And uh, I don't know. But yeah, like they dress her like a porcelain slash baby doll. Always. With the poofy sleeves and the The big strawberry, The strawberry embroidery really killed me, though. Strawberry shortcake realness. (laughs) Remember that doll? Yes. Yes, I do um but yeah and so this is when noah says well um and noah admits oh sheriff beasley has demons too and she tells them all about the bj that she saw him get from a community service boy uh while she was doing community service and i was like yes noah spill his tea spill it um i'm glad that she reminded us of this because i honestly i forgot it too there's so I much did, that's it was happened like episode one right it was a while ago or episode two yeah. there's so much that's happened in this series and only seven episodes that i nearly forgot that and i do like that she revealed that to the other girls as a like point of evidence as to how or why sheriff beasley could be hiding stuff because he's yes. the point is he's not what he seems right i i also loved this too because it's it's sketchy for one like first of all that was a child um and you're getting a bj in your sheriff card while doing community service it's a whole thing but she knows his demons um and so imogen imogen asks about tabby's manager wes and i was like ding 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 imogen you we were all on the same page excuse me page is you because wes is creepy wes is creepy but he i think he's too young to be related to the moms and angela like right like what how how old does west seem late 20s in my opinion uh mid to late 20s or maybe mid 20s right because he's graduated i think he like just graduated so he's probably like 23 24 I think he's guilty and creepy for a different reason that has nothing to do with A. You know what? You're probably right because the show wants to give us plenty of red herrings and plenty of, let's face it, terrible men. And so they're like, here, here's a suspect. Here's a suspect. Here's another man you can hate. Uh, and let's face it, 90% of the men are trash on this show. So it's easy yeah, to Yeah, name one good man on this show. Ash is very nice. Suspicious. I don't like him. <laughs> I do have another um I do have another suspect on my radar that we'll get into oh, later. No. But there's I'm... so many suspects for me. Everyone's everyone's Gosh. suspicious. Yeah. Um and Mouse correctly points out, well, we don't know who Angela's dad is. Like he's still an unknown, so he could be involved, which I agree with. But we are seven episodes deep into this show, Sarah. At this point, are they gonna reveal that A is someone that we don't know? I feel like it has to be someone who's been around this whole we time. We definitely know who A is. I would guarantee that whoever this A is, he was probably in the first episode. Right, exactly. Um, and Imogen brings up the point. I'm really I'm on board with Imogen this episode. She's like, maybe we should tell someone. And Noah's like, no, we can't tell someone. It's like, can all of you just agree to tell someone, please? No, no, no. What's Noah's reasoning why we can't tell anybody? 
I think it was just like, no, because A is still out there. And oh, you know, it's like, oh well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a dumb reason. That's the reason. Uh, it's stupid. A did threaten uh, a lot of the things. And what's but... A is always going to be threatening. That's A's game. That's what A does. Yeah. But anyway, we're and in They way. don't really have their own secrets that much, except for, I mean, a little secrets. There's nothing that these girls, the original liars, did so much more bad stuff compared to these girls. Yeah. Yeah. And it's more. The moms um, are the ones that are The moms shitty. are the ones with secrets. No, it's the moms that are ones with secrets and that have done terrible things. Because most of the girls, it's stuff that's been done to them and secrets that are being kept from them versus yeah. their own secrets yeah farron's biggest secret is is not even scoliosis now no. even that's been released to the public yeah. uh so fair speaking of Farron, she's in ballet uh meets with freaking madame giri again and she talks about getting oh madame giri is very impressed with her because the lady from abt was so impressed with her and she says oh you're gonna get to be giselle next summer um giri thinks she's ready and then she's like, oh, BT Dubs, before you leave, Kelly withdrew from the class this morning. Just thought you should know. It's like, Madame Jiri is the big, biggest gossip on this school campus. She, she absolutely is. But also, she's a clout chaser. She just <laughs> cares about who's the best ballerina. And that's her all of a sudden favorite student. Yeah. Because I You're swear so to worried. goodness, she hated Farron an episode ago. But because Madame Lorraine was like, your beautiful dancer she's yeah. all about her now and i think that's so messed up madame jiri hardcore sucks one of the worst i think she tells people secrets she gossips about kelly constantly all she ever wants to talk about is kelly and what kelly has going on um and so that leads Farron to approach kelly in the library and kelly won't hear won't even let Farron speak and all Kelly thinks is that Farron is the one who sent either like Henry or someone else dressed up as A after Kelly. And Kelly's like, you know what? Did you forget my dad's a sheriff and I could have you arrested? If you ever talk to me again, I'll get you arrested. And she stomps off. And this is one of my biggest pet peeves in television shows is when people don't let other people talk for like two seconds. Because it, things could have been cleared up in literally two seconds. Would they, though? Because I don't think that Kelly would have listened to anything that Farron would have said anyway. Maybe she would have been not. argumentative to everything that Farron says. But Farron's literally trying to ask questions as to who attacked her, what happened. You know, there was a mm -hmm. knife, excuse me, and Kelly won't have any of it. She just, like, storms off. But... Kelly's Kelly's pissed. Kelly Kelly's no longer a ballerina. She doesn't have her sister. Her parents don't give a crud about her. Kelly's going through it. It's and just she's interesting probably still that Karen. It's just, <laughs> it's just interesting that her first instinct was, oh, this was someone trying to get me to drop out of ballet. Like, you know what I mean? It really? was somebody put freaking um, razors in her sister's shoes and they blamed Farron then too. That's fair. I guess that makes sense. Um, but Farron immediately goes to the girls and I was like, yes, Farron. Um, and she meant, she does mention the whole Kelly Karen situation. So now they're clued in on that. But it um, seems like they've been talking about it. They, yeah, it feels like we just missed like either they had it off screen that they talked about it because none of them seem to take it's not like, oh, this is brand new information and maybe Kelly is Karen. 
Yeah, they seem pretty unimpressed by that theory, actually. They're like, yeah. shut up, Farron. You're not the <laughs> detective around here. That's Imogen's <laughs> Imogen. job. Don't try to take Imogen's job. She That's has she one has. job. This is her job. <laughs> Don't try she doesn't to take have a mom it. we can flash back to anymore. This is her one job, okay? Yeah. Don't take it from her. Yeah, no more theories, Farron. Get out of here. <laughs> um, and she says she thinks it's her fault because she thinks, like, A, maybe thinks that Kelly is Karen, and so she kind of accidentally got A uh, to go after Karen or Kelly or whoever. Um, and they're like, well, maybe we shouldn't go to the carnival, like, cause we would have A's there, but I love immediately Farron and Noah are like, no, we're going to go. Let's go to the carnival. We have to live our lives. Yeah. We have to have fun. We have to go to the creepy carnival. We're not going to let A stop us for having fun for yeah. them. I do think though, they should have like had a pact to like i don't know maybe stay with in like close proximity to each other or not go into creepy mirror halls no because how are they supposed to have their sexy makeouts if they're all hanging out, <laughs> hanging out with each other that's why they want to go to the carnival they just want to have makeouts yeah there was boyfriends. a lot of kissing this episode a lot of schmoopiness this episode there's, there's always there's always little kissing but mm -hmm. um it's fine they're teenagers that's what they want to do yeah health class do you love health class how is this still a thing the infant simulator Did we just How's talk about this somewhere did we talk? Probably they haven't. Listen, we cover two 90s shows over on Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. Guarantee we've talk, talked about some type of parenting situation in home ec because they've- We were talking about the egg. Was it the egg we did? Well, I don't know. But we were, the point was that like we've seen it with the egg because the babies, yes. they don't do the babies anymore. Well, they it do must eggs. be very expensive to buy these like infant things. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And I think that the, the whole thing is that there's a computer inside and it uploads how often you ignore the baby. So oh, is that how they know? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. But yeah, this is all a hunk of crap. This is the most overdone trope on teen television. This stupid baby simulator. And Chip, okay, this is immediately where I was like, Chip, you sus as hell, Chip. Because he's just like, oh, Imogen, I don't even know you. Do you want to be partners? And I was like, Chip, 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 you are on my radar, man. I, I like no, you, but you're on my radar. I like him. He was oh, really, so you don't like ash but you like creepy chip yeah of course God, no, i chip really like so chip chip was number one I, he looks like the most generic white guy ever i didn't even he recognize really it was does. chip chip i didn't even and recognize Henry could be identical twins and i think it's because he wasn't wearing his movie theater costume that I was so thrown off i was like oh he goes to this school i totally forgot <laughs> i was yeah, just like oh him and him I, and henry and ash kind of are all just generic looking white men <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's like, do you want to be my partner? How, but honestly, if he is, but if his best friend is Tabby and Tabby's new best friend is Imogen, then they have oh. to know of each other. Well, my other thought was, is he's like, oh, there's a pregnant chicken class. She probably knows a lot about babies. This is a good way Bad call. Anyway. Bad call. If you team up with Imogen, automatic D. <laughs> automatic D. She knows she's, she's nothing about babies. Well, Absolutely he doesn't know nothing. that. He sees she's pregnant. He's like, oh, she probably read what to expect no, and you're expecting. No. 
No, she didn't. She has read no literature. She hasn't read anything, no. No. Um, but she agrees. And so, um, yeah, so he he says, Oh, do you want to like tag team this or do you want to just take shifts? And Imogen instantly is just like shifts, I'll take first shift. Yeah, she got she got the ick. She was like, I don't want to tag team with you. We will trade off the baby. I'll take it. You'll take it another day. I don't mm-hmm. want to be near you. But I don't know. That's 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 what it is. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, in film class, they're getting a short film assignment. So it has to be based off of like a real life experience you've had. And so Tabby is thinking, and of course, she's like reliving the bonfire night where bad things happened to her. And we know instantly like that is what her short film is going to be about. Um, then we're in the computer lab with MASH. Uh, and Ash asks Mouse to the carnival. And this is when we get some backstory on Mouse. And she says she's not allowed to go. Um, she says usually her family goes out of town the weekend that the carnival comes. Um, because when she was five, she nearly got taken by a strange man. Uh, luckily, her mom's got there in time. And the man ran off. And when I saw this scene, I was like, this is it? And I don't mean to like make light of this situation. It was more just like oh, she wasn't actually, like, full-on kidnapped and taken and, like, retrieved? Like, it was just a close call? That seems, like, a bit excessive for the amount of fear and, like, amount that they hold Mouse back. Obviously, that's not all there is to the story, but that was my first thought when watching this Mm -hmm. scene. Well, obviously, you and I are quite the drama queens, so we really (laughs) concocted this story of what happened to Mouse. She was missing. She was kept under the ground like Kimmy Schmidt. Like, you and I were really, like, going Mm -hmm. down the rabbit hole, but that's not exactly what happened. So, yeah, she almost got abducted, which is scary. That's extremely scary. Yeah. Um. But that's what we that's the information that we know at this time. Um, right. Yeah. And and uh and Ash does give her a cute little hug, tries to make her feel better. I just I love that moment from him. I was like, oh, he's so nice. Did um, the man in the flashback look like Steve to you? N- I mean, not particularly. We didn't get any facial features though. The back of his head seemed <laughs> steve like interesting okay yeah same build same brown hair very similar haircut it i don't think it would be you imagine if that's her bio dad well i mean that would be that would kind of answer why he's so obsessed. He well, that really did also say you're my daughter, like I'm her dad. Yeah, but that would give him such a string of bad luck where his first daughter was like essentially taken. No, by... I think that <laughs> Rebecca wasn't really his daughter. I just think that he's bullshitting. Mm, interesting. I don't I think, think I would that go that he... far. I think he's no, I think he's just Steve. I think that he is stalker Steve. And I think that he <laughs> followed Elodie to this like support group. Mm-hmm. And because I, I think that he probably like know he of course he knows her because they, they had this like this non-agreement thing, agreement. Yeah. And I think that he followed her there. Then he probably heard of Rebecca because you know, like they at like police stations, they have pictures of missing people. Yes. And then I think that that's why he like chose this random girl, Rebecca 
found out Mouse was doing this like weird, creepy service that she does. And this is how and why he's like obsessed with her. I think this is like some 4D chess. I think that Steve could be the bio dad or he could be a creepy stalker. Interesting. Um, fascinating. I feel like the bio dad is no one in town because that would be a little bit that would be so close that it's like I feel like her moms would have moved. Probably, but, but also could the bio dad be obsessed and follow Elodie and Mouse? It's possible. I'm looking forward to getting more information on that and kind of breaking down the confusion that I had over exactly who Mouse is like biologically related to and all of that. But let's do all of that and much more when we get back from our ad break. We will be right back. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, we are back. Um, let's get into Noah doing some training for track and field. She's struggling. She's a little bit. I think she's just like out of practice, right? And so she's not as fast. Her coach asks how if she's getting enough rest, if she's eating healthy. She doesn't know I've been eating too much pepperoni. My mom works at Pinball Pizza now. Um, and her coach says, you know what? Let me get you hooked up with a trainer here. He'll get y'all squared away. Imagine if Marjorie just signed up to work at Just Salads. Like her life could have been so different. <laughs> they they but they don't. That's too bright and shiny for Millwood. It needs to be dirty and greasy like pizza. Exactly. Yeah, mm. there's no salads in Millwood. <laughs> uh Farin is in like practicing ballet with Henry. He lifts her up and her back kind of seizes up. She shouts out in pain. 
and he massages her back for her. And so this is when she reveals to him she's had chronic pain for eight years and she's just been managing it she takes epsom salt baths and if that doesn't work she gets a cortisone shot at the clinic um but this is wild sarah ever since she had that surgery she's been in pain yeah not surprising this it was an elective surgery they advised her not to get the surgery and there's consequences and also she was so young and there's so much growing to do between eight and 16 that i'm not surprised that she has not and she's been dancing the whole time too. Right. So I'm I'm not surprised that she's been in constant pain, but it's sad just the same. But this worries Henry. It worries Henry enough to go tattletale and go to Madame Jerry. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we're at the movie theater. Chip and Wes are pitching the next double feature uh, of Last House on the Left and Virgin Spring. But Tabby has an issue with these movies because both of them depict graphic rape scenes. Um, and Wes tries to say, oh, well, they're high, highly moral. And Tabby gets so mad. This scene was wild. She, like, clenches the pen and then imagines, it's all a daydream, stabbing Wes in the hand. And she's, like, smirking with, like, blood on her face. And I was like, <laughs> where are we right now? This felt so out of left field. Tabby has such an imagination. I feel like these... You know, I, these visions that she gets, sometimes I think like she is just very, very creative. Her, her, you know, imagination runs wild. And this is just what she's imagining. Like, I think that she really sees her life as a movie. And sometimes her imagination just like runs away from her. Yeah. And then we're back to reality and they're like, Tabby, Tabby. And she's just like, uh Wes tries to say if you're going to go to film school you have to have critical vision but tabby says what what i'm talking about is these movies and what they're saying about violence against women and that they don't understand what it's like to watch those scenes as a woman and then she says program your double feature of misogyny i'm going on break and she leaves um i have not seen either of these films last house on the left or virgin spring um because again i'm not really a huge horror movie person um but yeah i can imagine that would be really tough to have to sit through uh especially tabby someone who like hasn't told anyone any of what happened to her and so she's still trying to like talk about it from all women's perspective instead of like out, out and out saying like this makes me uncomfortable because xyz you know exactly and i do think I know you're getting weird vibes from Chip, but I do think that if she was able to open up to Chip, he mm -hmm. would be sympathetic and kind of um, monitor exactly what they present to Tabby and what they, you know, kind of filter out things that might not be appropriate for them to display at film. But yeah. I, I don't know. She has every right to share or not share with who she pleases. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, she should be able to just say, this is not right. And that should be the end of it. Um, But we're back in Mouse's bedroom. And freaking Steve, stalker Steve, is texting Mouse. She's getting really upset. He texts her that he got them tickets to the carnival. And she decides enough is enough. She finds him on LinkedIn, finds out where he works, and is armed with some I don't know if you want to call it blackmail, but information to make him stop. Um, in Imogen's bedroom, she's trying to take care of this fake baby <laughs> that keeps crying. Sydney comes in and like immediately just burps her and she stops crying. Um, and this is what prompts Sydney to 
bring up this discussion with Imogen, which I thought she handled pretty delicately, where she asks, like, do you know what you're going to do with the baby yet? And Imogen says, I don't really know. Um, and Sydney's like, you're young. You have your whole life ahead of you. I want you to understand your options. Have you thought about adoption? Um, and Imogen's like, I thought about it a little bit. Yeah. And Sydney says, listen, I know somebody. I can make you an appointment if you want. And Imogen agrees. And I thought this was really nice because at no point did I feel like Sydney was pushing Imogen in any direction. Right. It really did feel like she was saying, here are some options. Yeah. I think that Imogen's plan this whole time has been to keep the baby, especially when her mother was still around. And I think like the death of her mom really derailed her clear thinking. And of course we have this whole, the whole A of it all and everything else that's been going on. So I, I think that it's not like she forgets that she's pregnant, but I think that she's still a 16 year old girl. I think that she really hasn't given herself time to really think ahead yeah. uh, about what she wants to do in the future. She's just very, she's very in the now, right? Well, then she's deal. She's being detective Imogen. She's dealing with a, she hasn't really had the time to figure out what's going to happen with the baby. She's yeah. just trying to survive. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so uh, then on Tuesday, Imogen <laughs> goes into the school Instead of just like taking, I don't know, maybe this was gross, but I'm like, why wouldn't you just take the baby and set it on the bathroom sink or something? Like, you know, just set the baby there. No, she takes it to the front desk lady and she's like, hey, can you watch this fake baby? I have to go pee. It's such a bad call. Or find the father, the fake father of the baby, Chip. <laughs> yeah, the fake father, And yeah. be like, hello, Chip, can you take care of our baby? Or anybody else, because this secretary looks like she does not give a crap about anything no she's too busy and so she returns and the baby's missing and imogen starts flipping out um chip finds her in the hallway and uh she's just like clarice clarice and we can find her she names the fake baby clarice can you believe it we know that's a horror movie reference don't we um i yeah. sure did i definitely knew that horror reference and i'm totally not googling it it is from silence of the lambs oh my god yes ma'am that's a very popular uh quote like Clarice. exactly that's why i knew it exactly i'm glad that you did thank you uh todd would be so proud um and so yeah she named the baby clarice and chip is right there to help and he says hey Maybe we just need to wait for things to quiet down. And when they do, guess what they hear? A baby crying in a random closet. And I was like, hmm, Chip, hmm, look at that. You had the exact right solution for the problem, Chip. I thought that he was just trying to help. He probably was, but I'm overly suspicious. Oh, why Chip? Chip is I don't, literally he's just- a man. That's why. I think <laughs> that there's a lot of suspicious men. Once again, I'm just trying to think- what is Chip's endgame here? We've never met Chip's parents. He could secretly be related to Angela or something. Sure. Very true. Um, so when she finds the baby, though, there is a little pin on it that says, you're a bad mother. And the A is red. Uh, and he's like, someone's just playing a prank. And Imogen finally is just like, you know what, Chip, you were right. Let's tag team this. And right after he agrees, she's like, oh, BT Dubs, can you give me a ride to an adoption agency? <laughs> This was a little, this was a little like nonsensical. It's you know, so you, funny. You are not even that close with him, but you're going to demand that he gives you a ride to the adoption agency and sit in with you, which is extremely personal, but sure. Yeah. 
This was very funny to me. Um, and so he agrees. Uh, back in ballet class, uh, Madame Giri calls in Farron and she says, Henry came to see me. Um, and she starts telling Farron all about she had a, a broken ankle and she had to take three months off of doing ballet because of it. And she gives Farron, and I didn't like the shade that she's like, here's some, here's a doctor that I usually give information for my older, uh, my older dancers. But here you go. <laughs> Um, I didn't catch on to that, mm -hmm. but not surprising that Madame Giri is just roasting Farron. Yeah. So she gives the doctor info and Farron isn't super mad at Henry. She's like, I didn't like that you blurted out my business, but I understand why you did it. And at the very least, you're coming to the specialist with me. And I was surprised. I was pleasantly surprised. I thought this was going to start a whole like feud between Henry and Farron. But no, she got over it pretty quickly. We love to see it. We love Which honestly Aaron. makes me only more suspicious of Henry because now he's like <laughs> even more in the picture. <laughs> okay. He's suspicious too. They're all suspicious. They all are. Uh, so then we see Tabby. Again, Tabby not making great decisions in my opinion. Going off in the woods by herself. Tabby don't like that. A is on the loose and you could die. Um, but she true. does. <laughs> you, gotta be, you gotta be safe. No woods for you. Tabby, you gotta like buddy system it up, you know. Um, but she doesn't, she goes out by the woods. Were you surprised that this like big bonfire area, like where all the kids like hung out in the summer, is like literally on school grounds or like a walk away from school grounds? It's so close. No, because that's the type of shit that we did, <laughs> you know. I mean, you did this? Like, it was so close to school grounds. Like, literally, it's, like, in the same – like, it probably is on yeah, school grounds. Yeah, we did this, like, type of stuff. We just hung out in the sh in the, the the woods next to the school. You Have you ever been to the woods next to a school? There's always, like, alcohol bottles and sketchy things in there. I don't know that our school had woods right next door. I really? I feel like mm -hmm. every single school in the suburbs has woods next to it. Um, no, I'm, I, I don't know. We were, our school was like a previous bomb shelter. So I don't, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, that's, that's actually that's wild. Um, but Tabby again is having weird visions because she's like looking into this big bonfire pit. She turns around and A is right there, but then it's just a dream and she gets up and walks away. And I was like, what's going on with Tabby? First, she's dreaming of stabbing Wes with a pen. Now she's like dreaming that A is there. I don't know what's up with her lately, but something's going on. I well, I think that's PTSD, but I also think that, like I said, she kind of has like a wild imagination. And I think that her her I think that she just really does think that she is the director of her own movie or the the main character in her own film. Like I think that she just sees her life as a movie constantly. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe that's what it is. Um, so then she decides to go to the police station and she's waiting to give a statement to De Deputy Maroon um, when, of course, freaking Sheriff Beasley walks by and he's just like, oh, Tabby or Miss Hawthorne or whatever the heck he calls her. He's like, you need to come with me. And she's just like, oh, I'm waiting for Deputy Maroon. And he's just like, um, that wasn't a request. And I was just like, you know, Sheriff Beasley, can you just like F off for like five seconds, please? Can you just not? No, he can. He is always there. That's what it is. He's just always there. He's terrible. He won't leave them alone. And it kind of sticks because she is there for a very specific reason. And she does not feel safe with Sheriff Beasley. But it doesn't matter because he has to go. And 
she has to go and deal with this dude. Yeah, it's uh, it's obnoxious. So she gets called in and he asks her about Tyler because he knows based on other witnesses saying that she was like one of the last ones with Tyler before he went missing and they had an altercation and she punched him in the nose. And I loved Tabby's defense of like saying he was uh, being, he was being aggressive towards one of my friends. Like I was defending her. He was being belligerent. It wasn't okay. And um, my favorite line I think of this whole episode is guys like Tyler are, Oh, cause she, he's like, well, he hasn't been seen and she's like, I'm sure he's fine. Guys like Tyler are always fine in towns like Millwood with guys like you looking out for them. And I was like, oh, roasted and toasted, Sheriff Beasley. <laughs> Loved it. Yeah, he was roasted and toasted. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so she moves to leave and he's just like, what were you doing here anyway? And she lies and she says, oh, I was here to pay some of my mom's parking tickets, but I realized I forgot them. So I'll have to come back another time. And I was wondering what it was about this that made her not want to say anything to Deputy Maroon. I was wondering if it was like him. She no, I wonder if she thinks that he'll find out somehow because he saw her there and he'll find out from Deputy Maroon why she was there. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's part of it. She just doesn't trust him. And why should she? He doesn't give her any reason to feel safe. Yeah. Uh, then we're at the adoption agency and the scene is very awkward because the woman mistakes Chip for the father, which makes sense. Um, and he pretends he's just like, oh, I think Imogen's going to make the right decision no matter what. Like, I fully trust her. And when they get outside, she's like, why did you do that? And he says, oh, I just thought you needed support. And she's like, you know what? I did. And then he says, you know what? You don't have to tell me who the real dad is. And then he immediately moves on and is like, all right, do you want to grab some food? And this is what made me even more suspicious of him. The nicer he is, the more oh, suspicious I am. Man. Because it you just, just feels like the nice guy. It just feels unnecessarily nice. Like he's playing at something. Like it feels manipulative because it's so nice. It's not something a normal person would do. I guess. I would be gooped and gagged if this is the case. <laughs> I'm so suspicious of everything and everyone except, I guess freaking chip i don't know yeah um but they go to the freaking of course they have to go to pinball pizza this is literally the only restaurant in millwood i would love them to just get a new restaurant one just that's one. brightly lit just one no I, I i i was thinking the other day is it possible for this show to have a location that is brightly lit and i said no because it would be too harsh for my eyes I mean, <laughs> Rosewood was a little bit brighter, but not by much. No, this show's really, really dark. And you know what? I got to say, because we've seen a lot of pinball pizza at this point, And I do have to say that pizza looks like crap because when Imogen it looks is so eating small. it, it looks small. And when Imogen is eating it, it looks like a piece of cardboard. It's not yes. flopsy at all. She's not folding it to eat it. And I'm yeah. just like, what the heck kind of stiff pizza is that? It looks terrible. It does. It really does look like horrible pizza. So yeah. it's like, if you're going to eat the pizza, I don't know, get a mozzarella stick. If you're going to go to pinball pizza. <laughs> Get a mozzarella stick. This is like a tagline. If you're going to be the, the ending of the podcast needs to be, if you're going to get the pizza, 
get a mozzarella stick. <laughs> <laughs> you have to go just get a mozzarella stick instead. I'm um, saying. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Um, and the fake baby, I forgot to mention this, is sitting in a high chair. I was dying. I was dead. Wasn't that so wait, she had a stroller too at one point. No, she had a stroller? She did. What kind of budget does this school have? They're gonna get strollers. No, for fake you know what I too? thought? You know what I thought? I thought that like somebody sent Imogen an actual stroller or Davy bought a stroller for the real baby. And oh. she was just like, Oh, I'm gonna use the stroller. <laughs> Don't put the fake baby in here. That's what I thought. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, it would get annoying carrying it around all the time. Um, but yeah, and so this is they're having a great time, they're laughing, and Chip asks Imogen about the carnival. Yeah, do you want to go to the carnival? Mm, cute, cute. Um, meanwhile, at Farron's house, she gets home late and her mom asks where she's been, and she tells her about the doctor that she met for, with Madame Giri. Uh, she says, in order to do what she has to do, she's going to have to take six months off of dancing and wear a brace. And her mom, this is where I was talking about earlier, where her mom downplays the pain. She's like, you should have told me. But Farron says, I told you dozens of times. Oh, the fact that she totally gaslit her daughter in this spot yep. was so irritating. Because she, in the same exact episode, said how much pain she was in. And her mom said, oh, it's not that painful. It's just growing pains. And now she's like, why didn't you tell me you were in pain? I was like, what the heck? This is the type of stuff that mothers do. Cough, cough. Sometimes my mother just turn it around on me and I'm sick of it. Yeah, it's not great. It's a really bad look um, on Corey. Um, and Farron, again, again, I love Farron here because she says, I'm not going to let your poor decisions affect the rest of my life. I'm going to get better the right way. And I really appreciated that from Farron because, first of all, she's very young. And I think this is such a mature decision. I think uh, sometimes kids and even teenagers can have such a short-sighted way of looking at things of, oh, my gosh, I have to take six whole months off of ballet. But she knows if she doesn't take those six months off, it's only going to get worse. And the pain is yeah. only going to get worse. And her exactly. career as a ballet dancer will end even sooner. Um, so I really, really respected that she was able to come to that conclusion all by herself. Yeah, I, I, I think so, too. It's very mature to think that way because it's very easy to just sweep things under the rug and, you know, pretend like it didn't doesn't exist, which she's been doing for eight years. So she just knows that she needs to take care of it now. Dancing for six months, not excuse me, not dancing for six months is a, is better than never being able to dance again. Yeah, exactly. Um, then we have Noah training with this shady ass trainer who's just like, oh, you're struggling with shortness of breath. Here's a sketchy ass inhaler. Take two okay. hits daily for practice. And I'm just like, did you just give her drugs? So I was really confused about all of this because first of all, I do not feel very comfortable with the fact that anybody is giving Noah something that is not prescribed to her when she comes from a family with addiction issues. Super right. uncomfortable. I don't feel, I don't know. And this guy is recommended by the coach, the school coach, and he's been training yeah. other kids. But I mean, they are physical therapists are doctors, but I don't think that they have the ability to prescribe something. And I don't think they have the ability to just 
open a drawer and get somebody's random inhaler and hand it over. But also, I don't know if there's any repercussions for somebody to take an inhaler if you don't necessarily have asthma, if it's going to help you breathe. I'm. It's not like steroids, which I do think like, or performance enhancing drugs, which I do think Noah is nervous about as she talks about it with Sean later. But, um, but once again, just Noah feels weird about it, which makes me feel like her first thought is the addiction struggles that her mother faces. Yeah. So it makes me super uncomfy. I will say on top of that, I just didn't think the storyline was necessary. I feel like we have enough going on with Noah that I, we didn't need this extra wrinkle in here. I felt like there could have been more with even like Sean stuff that she's dealing with. Like We just didn't need this as a, a, a piece of drama or a secret that she's keeping or whatever. It just felt unnecessary, honestly. I felt like the episode was big enough and had enough. We didn't need it. The only thing that makes sense to me does have to do with Sean and it has to do with the fact that he got angry really quickly earlier on or later on in the episode and Noah says, why are you getting into a fight that doesn't seem like you? And yeah. the most stereotypical thing about people that take steroids is that they're quick to anger and they want to fight and something like that. And it made me think that maybe Sean wasn't very forthcoming about his use of performance enhancing drugs. And I thought that that might have been how or why we would be bringing this all up. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe maybe there'll be more connective tissue down the line. Um, then we're at the tech store. Mouse is at Steve's place of work and interrupts him with the transactions, asking if he has tracking devices to stalk someone. He is pissed that she found him. And she says, you know what? Stop effing with me, Steve. I'll dox your ass. And I was like, yes, Mouse. <laughs> yeah, I did like Mouse in this in this scene. I, I like Mouse when she's trying to, when she's fighting back. And yeah. uh, it's it's interesting because he's like, why did you come to my place of work? And she makes a very good point. She's like, well, you came to my school, which is essentially, as Mouse is only 16 years old, her place of work. So it is one and the same. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, so yeah, so he says, oh, well, you were, you were, I know you were almost snatched once. I know your mom's name because we're in a support group together. And she's like, I wasn't taken. She's like, is that what my mom said? And he says the group meets every other Tuesday and her mom has book club every this other was, Tuesday. This is so funny. Like the, how long it took Mouse to realize that book club was bullshit was so funny to me. She was like, no, no, she, that that's impossible. She has something to do that day. It's book club. Yeah. There's no this- way she would not go to book club. And then she's like, wait a minute. Book club <laughs> is a front. I can't believe it. This felt very akin to Yellow Jackets. Uh, there's a whole book club reveal in that show, which is very funny. So yeah, every everybody's, uh, you know what? If anybody in your life ever says they're going to book club, it's obviously a lie for something else. Because yeah. every show I watch when there's a book club, there's never actually a book club. So just be suspicious, people. <laughs> that doesn't make any 
be vigilant. <laughs> she has book club. <laughs> so she goes home and starts cutting up all the photos of her and Steve. And I presume others that she is like, quote unquote, Correct. helped. Yeah. Um, and she gets a text and it says, the man who tried to take you wasn't a stranger. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Because it's Steve. Steve. It could be Steve. Um, could be. It could be Steve. Uh, meanwhile, Sean and Noah are hanging out and we find out Sean knows this trainer guy. A lot of the football bros have also worked with him. And she's like, I don't know how I feel about this inhaler. It's a little weird. Um, some might say it's doping. And we find out from Sean that a lot of the other football players have also gotten inhalers from him. And Sean, I, okay. We were pretty, I I've been suspicious of Sean the whole time, but he's always seemed like a very decent guy. Until this moment where he's like, there's nothing wrong with like giving, making yourself just be like the better version of yourself. And I'm just like, Sean, why you got to agree with the sketchy trainer? No one should be taking yeah, Sean, sketchy inhalers. I think that ultimately you are who you hang out with. And if Sean's hanging out with people like Greg and Tyler, I think that's very revealing on the type of person Sean really is. Yeah. Well, especially later. We'll see um yeah i agree with you sean is like going down a lot in the rankings of uh nice boyfriends for sure uh so then we're at mouse's house the mouse house and she asks her mom about book club uh she's like oh mom what you reading is that for your book club is it just for adults can i come <laughs> mom you, you reading crawdads <laughs> it's a very popular book mom <laughs> uh and so mouse says you know what i want to go to the carnival and her mom is this is elodie of course it's like but we have our tradition i already got the cabin all booked you know uh and mouse is like well you and mom should go and ellie says well what if that guy is there and mouse asks, well wasn't he a stranger and she says yeah she's like well he must be long gone then and there's nothing to worry about okay see you later bye okay one plus one does not equal two mouse but sure <laughs> sure i mean to be fair, in Mouse's, it makes sense that, like, if this was some rando dude, he's, like, first of all, he's not going to be specifically looking for Mouse. Like, he's some rando at a carnival one time ten years ago. Ah, I don't believe it. It's never anybody random. Uh, just saying. Well, not, not here it's not. Um, and then we get this really cute little moment between Imogen and Tabby, uh, where Imogen is telling Tabby all about Chip and how great he was. And she just basically is like gauging how Tabby feels because it's very obvious that Imogen is interested in Chip. Yeah. Yeah. Imogen's crushing. And of course, Tabby does not care because she is friend zone Chip so badly. Um, yes. And also maybe Tabby doesn't think that Imogen's competition because she is wearing a uh, picnic tablecloth <laughs> and it's like, mm, I don't think you're going to, I don't think like just... you can get my boyfriend. Okay. So this outfit that she's wearing now, <laughs> I love how we have a dedicated, like we need to talk about every outfit Imogen wears because it's. I honestly need to know what the the designers were thinking. Or, they, you know, they, the aren't. they aren't. They are not thinking. It, this is a yellow and white gingham dress. Another like Peter Pan, very thick collar, but like then it has a little ribbon bow at the in the middle of her in her of her of her neck, and then it's a long sleeve dress. And once again, it's very like baby doll dress and yeah. the top is crinkly and it, it's madness. It's absolute madness. <laughs> and she is such a pretty girl. 
Why they just they they're dressing this? her in the worst, uh, the worst possible outfits. Yeah. Um, but Tabby is so sweet about everything. She's just like, no, 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 no. You should go. You should go. Chip is the best. Um, I'm gonna go with my mom because Imogen invites her with them. But Imogen's like, no, 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 no. I already said I'd go with my mom. Um, and so uh, Imogen is like, oh my gosh, I'm such a bad friend. I forgot to ask you how it went at the station. And Tabby says, oh, I had a run in with. They keep calling uh, Beasley uh, a Slender Man. Um, yeah. Do you know she's the, like, the 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 whole Slender Man? Um, it's like the oldest story in the book. What do you mean? It's like a myth. And yeah, that was made it's into like a movie. Urban legend, oh and yeah, gosh. it turned into a movie. And it's like this tall, faceless guy with really long limbs. And you're you're in one place, and then you turn around, and then Slenderman is there with his long limbs and his faceless face, and he Ew. wears like a suit. Don't Google him, Jessica. I okay, I will not because you're gonna turn around. And he's going to be there. You know what? I would look behind me, but I literally can see myself in this camera. So, you know. <laughs> he's in the window. Don't he's even look. Right now. Yeah, he likes um, hanging out in forests. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah. So, uh, she's like, I didn't get a chance to say anything. And Tabby's like, maybe I'll talk to Nurse Simmons. You said she was nice, right? And Imogen says, yes, she was. She was really nice. So, you should talk to her. Uh, then it's Wednesday. And Elodie went for an early morning walk, apparently. Um, and her other mom is very upset about all of this. She said the trip to the mountains is canceled. And we're getting the vibe from Mouse's other mom that she's just like, you know what? I've been trying to get Elodie to move on and let you move on and live your life. But she won't let it go. And I'm like, this girl, she's going to get divorced. First. Yeah, so. She's over it. The other Do we even know what the other mother's name is? Uh, I really don't because it seems like she's kind of a non-entity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Other mom is really done with Elodie's stuff. Mm -hmm. She's had enough. She's had enough. She encourages Mouse to go to have fun at the carnival. And that's that. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then we go into the locker room again. We get a very small scene of Noah pulling out the inhaler, looking at it while she's alone. Then we're in the nurse's office and we're about to get a really wild storyline next episode because Tabby starts talking to Nurse Simmons. Then she sees a sign for a blood drive right before Thanksgiving. Okay. I don't understand why Tabby is so interested in the blood drive. Does she, because is she thinking that she's going to steal people's blood? And that's exactly what she's thinking. How can she's not a scientist? How is she going to steal people's blood and then do DNA tests? I have zero idea. And also, okay, maybe this is stupid. In my high school, you had to be a certain age to donate blood. 18 years old. Yeah. And so you couldn't donate unless you were, well, I think it was 17 in my school, actually, because I remember donating. New York and is very loosey goosey. Oh, well, look at that. Us Lucy Gooseyans. Um, so anyway, but yeah, I don't understand. I just, I understand that's part of her plan is to steal the blood, but I don't understand how she thinks she's going to do that. Okay. How she but thinks it's going okay. to be inconspicuous. Okay. Stealing the blood, I think is the easy part, but what do you do with the blood after you have the blood? Uh, because I mean, you can't do like a 23 and me. Cause that's like spit, right? She's not a scientist. She she's gonna go to the science lab and like check out the microscope and then what and then what? I don't know. I don't know. But she's maybe she's gonna bring it to the police. Although okay. it's not Hold willingly on. given. 
new idea. Yeah. Does she have anything with blood on it? Imogen did say that her dress is bloody. So I assume she that has was her own blood. That's true. That's um, true. You know. I don't then I don't I really don't know what the plan is because if she's trying to match DNA or like red cells or whatever, I don't Listen, know what her yeah. plan is. This is just the kind of nonsensical BS we expect from Pretty Little Liars. And yeah. I gotta say, I gotta I can't wait to see what the heck they're gonna do. I with can't it. wait either because I'll tell you what, the one thing I remember about Pretty Little Liars is well, a lot of things. But it was when Hannah Marin was in the dentist office and minding her own business. And then she was like, oh, I have something in my tooth. And she pulls out a freaking letter in a scroll in her tooth. So anything is possible. <laughs> anything. That's true. Listen, we're here for it. Give me the ridiculous. Give me the absurd. I can't wait to talk about all of it. Um, but until we get to, so yeah, she stops talking about what she was going to tell Nurse Simmons and has a little idea percolating in her head. Uh, and then it's carnival time. We find out Mouse's favorite ride is the carousel. Loser. <laughs> I knew, I knew you were going to say that. I would say the Ferris wheel. If I had to pick one, I would go Ferris wheel. To be honest, like Mouse could have said literally any single ride and I would have said that she was a loser. <laughs> I love Mouse. Um, so she's there with Ash and she calls Ash her boyfriend. And then she's like, oh my gosh, no, I want to die. And he's like, I'd love to be your boyfriend. And they kiss and it's adorable. He's so suspicious. What? I feel like he's the least suspicious. He's so suspicious. They had like really God. creepy music behind him when they were talking about. Oh, all interesting. This. I'll have to go rewatch. I don't. I didn't like yeah. pay attention to that. And they it also it was interesting because they were talking, having this discussion in front of a sign that says "alien abduction." Oh, or, I did see that. I also did see that. Yeah, um, so they're boyfriend and girlfriend now. They're Facebook official. <laughs> they are. Uh, Sydney is there with Tabby, mother daughter time. And so and Sydney starts. Gravitron. Yes. They start asking. Uh, she starts asking her about her short, her film short. Uh, and Tabby says, There's a story I've been wanting to tell. And her mom wants to know what it is. Uh, and she's like, I want to tell you. And she looks over and sees Greg and all the football bros throwing the balls at the milk bottles game. And she gets distracted. She kind of like flashes back to that night and she says, You know what? It's too soon to share what it's about. Should we go do bumper cars? And I'm like, why is everybody doing bumper cars? On show? Mm. So whenever I used to play bumper cars or go to bumper cars, I would just like try to be a good driver because I was a late okay, driver. Now do you want to be called the loser? Because that's way loose, more <laughs> loserish than anything Mouse has done. Well, I was a late driver. I didn't start driving until I was 23. So my goal was How did you just get around. Oh, um, I like made my now fiance drive me. My friends drove me places. I just 23. I cannot imagine. Yeah. Well, I was afraid because I'm a loser. (laughs) So (laughs) I was really, I was really afraid. You were practicing while playing bumper cars. Exactly. Exactly. And then I would get like really upset when people would bumper car me because I was just minding my own business. I was literally, I was staying in my own lane. I didn't want anybody to bump into me. Oh, my gosh. Uh, then we see the Beasleys. They're all there. Martha wants to play cornhole, but Sheriff's like, we need four people. 
And Karen's <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not, or excuse me, Kelly is like, yeah, I'm because I'm not enough. And so Martha just very quickly is just like bobbing for apples instead. <laughs> yeah, but then you have to get your face wet. Uh, there's 0% chance I'm putting my mouth somewhere where a lot of other people's mouths have been. This is yeah. disgusting. You know, yeah, you know what spittle is in that water? So gross. You yeah. know what's even more disgusting? The fact that Chip brought Imogen a <laughs> cotton candy. How dare he? <laughs> she says, I'm so sorry that you invited me. I can't even go on Oh, this is where the scene where she's literally like toting the baby in oh, a yes. stroller. You're right. She does have a stroller. But Chip agrees this. Okay, this is the part where Chip got some redemption and he said he gets motion sickness. And I was like, same. Chip, me and you, buddy. Same. Yeah. <laughs> but then he's like, okay, so they see this couple that are making out. And then he says something that, like, honestly, he didn't really say anything. But she seemed to understand. He's like, do you ever want to? And then she's like, no. Which... I was like, is he saying, do you ever want to like kiss? And then she says no, but then she winds up kissing him anyway. What does, what is Chip trying to say here? Okay. I, I'm glad I was not the only one um, who was confused by this because I was like, what the hell is he talking about? He's like, would you ever? And she's like, no. And I'm like, does he mean kiss somebody? Does he mean have sex with somebody again? Like, what is he trying to ask her? I have no idea. Um, and she's like, uh, she's like, no, I don't think so. And then she says, he doesn't get it. And he says, no, I do. I spend all my time watching weird movies in my basement, which isn't a great thing to say to a girl you have a crush on. <laughs> um, because I have a crush on my best friend, even though I know it had never happened. And what's interesting, he did say his best friend. He doesn't say Tabby. I guess we're just assuming it's Tabby. No, I'm pretty sure it had to be Tabby, right? I, I would think so. Um, and he says, you know what? I'm not boyfriend material. And then he says, I like you, Imogen. Uh, you're a badass. And then she just leans in and kisses him. And she says, I like you too. I assume he was asking if she would ever want to make out because that's what those two kids were doing. I thought so. And then she said flat out no. And then he said he complimented her. And then he said that I'm not boyfriend material, which made Imogen feel bad for him, I guess. And then she kissed him. None of this makes know. sense. It was a very confusing scene, but you know what? Imogen and Chip are very cute together. So yeah, I like but I Chip like them. <laughs> um, <laughs> meanwhile, Farron and Henry are on the Ferris wheel, and she's all sad sack. Um, she has a lot on her mind, and he's like, "Well, I asked you to the carnival to distract you." She says, "I'm upset at the situation. I'm not upset at you." Uh, she's like, I will dance again. Don't you worry about that. But first, I have to fix what's wrong before it gets worse. And they were all like cutesy cutesy and kiss and every time uh one of the girls kisses one of the boys i'm just like you're more suspicious now instantly so henry is also suspicious i i, I mean the only the, i think henry is the most likely because he was actually connected to karen and kelly like through dance yeah. so that's the a viable option but yeah mm, i don't know then we have Noah and Sean hanging out, and there come the Rosewood jocks. And one of the jocks was the same guy from the bookstore in Rosewood. Um, and this was so stupid. This was so dumb. What are you guys doing here? Rrr, jock bro. Rrr, big it, it was such turf wars. Like nobody cares. It was so it, dumb. I couldn't. It was it was very, I don't know, high school musical about it. Yeah. Like, don't you dare come here. I could not have cared less about this entire interaction. And Noah only breaks it up because she's like, you know what? I have a direct line to the sheriff and I'm going to call him. 
<laughs> but it's like, it? actually, I'm just a criminal, and that's how I know the sheriff. <laughs> and she's like so disappointed in Sean. She's like, I didn't think that was you, Sean. And I'm just like, yeah, Sean. Yeah, Sean. Why do you got to be like that? So Is it because he's potentially doping? This was the dumbest scene of the entire episode, I gotta say. Also, the Rosewood boy is a nice boy. Why is he being mean? I thought the same thing. I'm like, I thought we were supposed to like him. I don't know. I just also think that's funny that, like, Rosewood kids are supposed to be, like, these tough guys that are just bullying the Millwood (laughs) kids. It's like, it's just like, you know, it's Rosewood. all out of nowhere. And Rosewood kids are supposed to be, like, rich, preppy, like, you know, those types of kids. Whatever. Uh, And then uh, Elodie gets a text message that says, if you're not honest with Malice, your worst fears will come true. So she freaks out. She's like, he's still out there. He's still out there. And her wife is saying, no, we've had enough. You need to stop. She's like, you better think twice about leaving the house because if you go there, I don't know what will be here when you get back. And I was like, holy crap, ultimatums are happening. And Elodie leaves anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So uh we will see uh later on that elodie's wife is very serious about Mm -hmm. this you know give mouse space if you leave now i don't know what's gonna be here for when you come back and ultimately she gets kicked out yep uh we see a creeping at the carnival from above looking over his lair uh mash goes into the hall of mirrors and mouse is like hey by the way i'm bad at mazes uh a is in there and I got to say, A, running down the Hall of Mirrors was truly terrifying. <laughs> it was scary, though. Okay, what? the Hall of Mirrors, as we were saying in the beginning, Hall of Mirrors, very scary. Yeah. Very scary because you're trapped. I don't like mazes anyway. Um, so it, it, it's just really scary. I don't know why people think it's so fun. I do not know. Um, I don't know. But it looks yeah, horrifying. No, a was very scary in this moment. Mouse is terrified. They ultimately find the emergency exit, which yeah. I thought was funny because Ash was like, I don't think we can use this door. And it's like, hello, this is an emergency. We're being chased. Well, he didn't notice. Only she saw A in this whole situation, which was also silly. But she gets out and she smashes into Elodie. And she's like, I need to talk to you. It's time I told you the truth. So here's where we're going to get some confusion because this scene was very confusing to me. The Mm. man who took her wasn't a stranger. It was her father. And she says it was a donor. She says, I needed money badly. There was a couple looking for a surrogate. Mm -hmm. They, we didn't use an agency. We didn't sign any paperwork. We did it all ourselves. And uh, then he just showed up and he wanted to be her father And I was just like very confused by all of this because when she says surrogate in my mind, that meant, okay, a couple fertilized an egg, implanted it in Elodie, Elodie birthed the child, which was mouse and kept the baby, which is so not okay. But uh, shout out to Todd in the discord who did say there is a type of surrogacy that involves Elodie's egg being used. Right. Um, and so it would be, so Elodie would have been, or I guess it could have been the other mother, but let's say it's Elodie. Um, um, that was the mom, the the biological mother, and they just used the father's sperm. So right. that would be a tra- 
what's called a traditional surrogate. Um, so basically the woman gets artificially inseminated with the father's sperm and then they carry it uh, and deliver it. And then you and your partner can raise it. So, okay. Does that mean, are you understanding what I am understanding in that basically Elodie and her wife kidnapped a child that is not theirs? That is, Mouse is technically not their child. Hmm. I would say that's half true. I would say that assuming that they did do a traditional surrogacy, um, Elodie or the other mother had the baby and nothing there this is why contracts are so important because you're supposed to have things in writing right um and obviously it's very very likely that the birth father the the biological father and his partner his wife or whomever paid for a lot of the pregnancy and right. medical expenses so and was paying money forward you would assume and Elodie decided that yeah I she went nine months and did not want to give up the baby so but because there was no contract and the baby is biologically hers I guess you have it's a little bit more complicated than if you go through the IVF route and it's biologically not yours in its entirety but once again this is why contracts are so important so it's 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 hard to say yes 100 she got kidnapped because theoretically yeah like she did a verbal agreement she hypothetically took money from this couple and she ran off with the baby that the family was expecting to have that's a really sad story yeah it's Mm -hmm. truly awful and i was surprised that mouse didn't have like a bigger reaction because like she's like oh so he just wanted to be my father and we find out that mouse is the one and i loved this mouse using A's techniques against her own mom mouse got a burner phone and texted elodie that text message uh and she asks hey is there any other secrets you want to share and her mom's like no nothing and we're all like mm, i'm sure there's a lot more secrets yeah yeah so this was all very wild to me and it makes me wonder about her other mom's involvement like was she i mean she has to have known all of this um it's all very strange and awful obviously the biggest victim in all of this is mouse like she's just learning all of this like she didn't know any of it and then we have like her bio parents to think of or i guess her bio dad and her like potential other uh mom or dad out there um it's all very wild it's not what i was expecting at all um i didn't i never really i don't know it never really dawned on i don't think either of us to think of like oh how was mouse created you know because it didn't really matter it was more i'm pretty sure at one point i came up with the theory that mouse was kidnapped by oh yeah you did say that at one point so not quite like partial credit i guess uh, yeah not exactly what i was thinking about but it is something that came out of my mouth yeah um, so that all was very wild. Uh, then we go back to Tabby's room where Imogen and Tabby have a little dish sesh on Imogen's kiss with Chip. 
Um, and Tabby's like, I have an idea for whatever. And we're like, oh my God, it's the freaking blood drive. I have no idea what her idea is, but I know. I will wild. say that this outfit worn by Imogen is half adorable because she's okay. wearing this like little lingerie, like tool top, baby, mm-hmm. once again, a baby doll dress. Very cute. But then she's wearing pants under it. It's like, girl, how dare you wear pants? I don't know. And Tabby calls her drew barrymore which is it because she had a kiss because she's like in a rom-com movie is it because she's a white blonde girl like tabby like why like all of what? the reasons all of the above. what <laughs> what imogen is not a drew barrymore yeah uh then it's thursday and mouse is telling all the girls at school about the mirror maze and a there and elodie was kicked out of the house um and tabby and imogen want to tell the girls about what happened to them about their sexual assaults but they all get texts from a uh and it's a photo of a dead tyler in the tub as a smurf as a smurf yeah yeah uh i mean we kind of we've been new right like kind of who cares Uh, we did get some feedback from kate basically going on a large rant about like we don't care like this wasn't even a reveal like the way she said it was like you know you had this really great ending with mouse and that reveal and then you ruined it because we already knew he's been dead we've known for like two episodes i think that the shoe had to drop that tyler is no longer with us like they the it has to start getting around at least at least, you know, Sheriff Beasley knows that he's missing. Now the girls know. I think that it was time. Like, they had to. It's not a surprise for us, but it's a surprise for the liars. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it, it's strange, right? Like, I guess it didn't really ping on <laughs> Tabby's radar to wonder where Tyler was when they have a maniac called A running around and, like, doing terrible things, killing Karen. Like, killing Karen, it doesn't really make sense. I, I guess she didn't really think, like, maybe A would kill Tyler. I don't know. Um, I'm curious to see where they're gonna go from here because, again, we all hate Tyler. I don't really need daily reminders of Tyler because he sucks. Um, I just also think it's important because they're going to get blamed for it. Yeah. I mean, especially they have this photo now. It's like, what are they going to do with the photo? Right. What Mm. is your uh, what is your uh, speculation on? Will the girls tell anybody about this photo? No, no, (laughs) I don't think that would be too smart. (laughs) Probably not. I don't think so. um but yeah i mean this was a fun episode i'm looking forward to seeing uh what what next the next couple of episodes have to bring to us because the next drop of episodes is the final drop of i episodes. can't believe it i loved oh it gosh. i've loved this so far Me it's too. been so much fun i'm glad that you all are along the ride with us uh thank you so much um yeah three more episodes One yeah more i know drop. do you want to know what i i kind of love the next uh the next title for the next episode what is it uh bad blood <laughs> Ooh, a t swift uh, reference thank you very well, much that and it's very funny to me that it's like oh they're having a blood drive it's bad blood it's oh. it's a whole it's a yeah. whole thing it's gonna be fun yeah. Uh, so we have three more podcasts left. Of course, we will be coming back at you Thursday with the, the first one of the week uh, for that initial drop. 
Um, I'm so excited. I can't wait to see how they finish things off. And hopefully, hopefully we get a season two of this wild show. If it's warranted, you know, if they leave things open ended enough for another mystery, I think it would be fun. Um, I forget how we said we were going to end the podcast already. <laughs> it was something about, it was something about something. Oh, mozzarella sticks. If you're going to have, okay. Oh, wait, we need to do plugs first. I guess. <laughs> Jessica, Jessica. I was on a vacation for a full week. I forgot to do okay. a podcast. We've been plugging a lot. Find me at Sarah Ferguson. Find me at PSR. Find me at Shit 90 Shows. Taught me. Amazing. Jessica is all over PSR. Follow her at the Jessica Sterling. No, the um, Jess Sterling. See? Okay. So That's why we do the plugs. Okay, sure. <laughs> uh follow her. Follow her all over. Yep. And it, it, this begs the question if you get the pizza from Pizza Pinball, just get the mozzarella stick instead. <laughs> Thanks, folks. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.